You're listening to the Big Locals Podcast, a podcast platform built to serve the locals. Join us as we follow the innovative, eccentric, and movers and shakers of the Denver community. Brought to you by the not-so-local host, Ian Jimeno. Shop local, support local. Big Locals Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Big Locals Podcast. I am Ian Jimeno, your host, and if you have a sweet tooth like I do, this is the episode for you. Mixing fine art with chocolate, Leanne has something for all of your senses. Uh, I was drawn to her bonbons over at Jade Mountain Brewing during the Chinese New Year, and uh, it was a box of a dozen bonbons, each flavored and painted uniquely from each other. And honestly, I plan on just showing them on display rather than eating them, and they look so good like fine art, you got to check it out. But with a tagline like never too good to eat, I could safely say that they tasted just as good as they looked. And just don't take my word for it. Try Colorado Cocoa Pods for yourself. Leanne is a genuinely friendly person and she expresses that several times over the episode. And I'm really excited to introduce you all to Leanne and her creations. So stick around and I mean, just follow her. And uh, she, she has a lot of really good photographs out there for her bonbons. And it just looks like a work of art. Be sure to leave a like, follow, subscribe, review, five stars, or whatever for the podcast. I want the world to hear about the up-and-coming Denver entrepreneurs and artists of this day and age. The featured artist that I will be playing throughout the episode is the one and only The Mananas. And I think this is the third time that I'm actually featuring them on the Big Locals podcast. I honestly cannot get enough of this band. And seeing the traction that they're getting warms my soul. They were kind enough to get me a copy of their single, Mirror Mirror, to be released in the near future. But you can hear it in its entirety at the end of this episode. So follow them on Instagram to see when their next show is and when Mirror Mirror goes live to the public. Support your local artists and entrepreneurs, guys. This episode is sponsored by Ian Jimeno, real estate agent in the Denver area and member of the FI team. If you've ever been following me on Instagram or YouTube, you know that the market is a hot seller's market right now. There hasn't been a better time to get the guidance of a real estate professional who has invested in real estate in Denver, San Diego, and even Austin, Texas. The FI team guides home buyers and investors to and through their next investment property, setting you up for generational wealth and getting you closer to financial independence. Hence, the FI or FI team. Send me a DM or shoot me an email as shown in the show notes of this episode. And without further ado, let's jump into the conversation with Leanne PR of Colorado Cocoa Pie. You feel it, feel it in your ears when you listen to the song, but it doesn't sound too clear. I can't help but feel that it when I'm saying out of fear, we just get that out of the side. Now don't, don't you see it the way? NPR of Colorado Cocoa Pods. Welcome to the Big Locals Podcast. How are you? Thank you. Really good. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome to just be here in this environment. Yes. <laughs> so when, uh, yeah, I guess for the audience, um, 
me walking in and just like beautiful house, by the way. Oh, thank I, you. I love how it's all set up. And then here we are in your laboratory, yeah, in your kitchen. The chocolate lab. It's not a kitchen. It's a it's a lab. Yeah. <laughs> a what would be the difference? Um, it's not licensed for a kitchen. Okay. Yes. So we do not have a kitchen in our house. Um, yeah. So it's a chocolate lab. For like permit reasons or like jurisdiction reasons, this is not a kitchen. It's not a kitchen. It's a mad scientist it, lab. Yeah. <laughs> With chocolate. Lots of chocolate. So. I mean, I could think of worse labs if you ask. <laughs> True. Well, thank you for coming along yeah. and just like, I don't know, spending some time. I know like the first time that I met you was over at the Jade Mountain Brewing. Love that place. Fantastic, yeah. right? And that was my first time there too. Oh. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, the tea and the beer aspects, yeah. I mean, alcohol, and that, it was just like a nice way to just like give respect to both sides of the coin, you know? Yeah, they're actually the first brewery that I can could drink beer at because um, I'm not a beer drinker, but a lot of their fruity flavors are just very palatable and I, I enjoy them very much. So it's yeah. like my favorite brewery. <laughs> so I'm always telling people about it. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. And I saw some people even ordering tea and mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I mean, people are just chilling on the afternoon, having some yeah. tea and having a good conversation, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember this one beer. It was really good. I think it was like some sort of pineapple wheat or something mm-hmm. like that. And it hardly tastes like beer. Yeah, I think know? that's why I like it. It tastes more like juice than beer. They've got like hard teas too. And the the owner, Sean and uh, D, the GM, they're awesome people. Yeah. Five is really cool too. And that's interesting, a hard tea. Yeah. So how does that work? Do you know? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I'm sure that, like these days they just make everything hard. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like rice wine. There's yeah. like sake. I mean, like you have so many different ways of producing alcohol, mm-hmm. but just having water and leaves. And I wonder if they yeah. infuse it with something. I'm just really curious with that. Maybe like the tea leaves are infused with something. I don't know. Spitballing with <laughs> Yeah. It. Yeah. So, um, I guess we're here for Colorado Cocoa Pops, yeah. and I, that is like the finish line at that point. But I'd love to hear more about your story of like coming to be Colorado Cocoa Pops. Yeah. Um, so I guess starting out, um, were you living somewhere else prior to moving to Colorado and more specifically Denver? Yeah. So I'm originally from Cerritos in Southern California, border of L.A. and Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I honestly was going to live there my entire life. <laughs> um but yeah, I went to school in Thousand Oaks uh, for computer science. And so I actually have a bachelor's in comp sci and I moved out to Denver when I was got a job offer. And that was like 11 years ago now, which is crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I moved out here. I This is terrible, but I honestly didn't even know where Colorado was because <laughs> I'm terrible at geography. <laughs> Um, so yeah, just moved out here and I had a friend actually who knew someone else out here. And so when he came out to visit, um, I tagged along with him just to like check out the area, Mm kind of see where I was going to be working, um, over the summer and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, it was really cool because I came, I think during the fall and I just like fell in love with it. Like there's seasons here, which was (laughs) amazing. And so, um, yeah, I just packed up all my stuff. Well, I packed up some of my, most of my stuff. I did leave some things at my parents' house thinking like, hey, I'll be in Colorado and then I'll move back to California whenever I find a job out here. Well, that didn't happen. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I started, I was, I moved out here, 
got my own apartment, was a software engineer, and actually I met my husband, who's also a software engineer out here. And I mean, I fell, not only fell in love with him, but I fell in love with snowboarding. I fell in love with the seasons, like like the dry weather, um, everything about Colorado. And I haven't looked back since. You know what? i to stay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, I'll be one of those Californians who just moves here. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've, I've met a lot of people in the community here. Um and so, yeah, I was software engineer. And after we got married, I asked my husband if I could go to pastry school. Yeah. Uh, I love cooking for people, mm-hmm. love baking. And um, so when I was a, an engineer, I would bake for a lot of um, coworkers and stuff. And they were always telling me, like, you should open up your own bakery and things. And um, yeah, so I decided to look into pastry school, went to Johnson and Wales. So I was doing continuing education. Um, so that was like weekends. And my very first course was chocolates and confections. And on YouTube, day one. Yeah. Fell yeah. In love with it me. was. It really was. <laughs> and my chef was amazing, Chef Bush. And he was like, Are you sure this isn't your first course or class? And I was just like, No, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I love it. Um, <laughs> and it was just like the perfect medium for being artistic um, because I love, I loved drawing and like, painting and stuff um, yeah. but like i wasn't really good at freehand drawing it was like copy art um and so being able to paint chocolates and then also there's that technical aspect of it like um making sure recipes are balanced um for shelf life and for flavor and things um yeah it was just a perfect medium for me and so i Went through pastry school. It took me three years, mm-hmm. and I had to do an internship at the end. And I interned at this chocolate shop that's no longer here in Colorado. Um, but that's where I learned to do, like, the molded bonbons, the really shiny, pretty, yeah. thin-shelled ones. Yeah. Um, and those, yeah. I mean, the first experience that I had with your bonbons was, like I said, over at Jade Mountain. Yeah. Um, and we were just drawn to it. <laughs> it was like an art piece. And the thing is with your slogan is too... Never, not, too, never ne- too pretty to eat. Yeah, Never too pretty to eat. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I, like when I first saw it, I was like, man, this is... I don't know if... I, I kind of just want to frame this and leave it alone, you know? But once I saw that, I was like, okay, now I feel obliged to eat. I know. I heard so many people, I think at the beginning, tell me like, they're too pretty to eat. I don't want to eat them. I just want to like put them on the side and stare at them. And I was just like no that's all my hard work you need to enjoy every good piece of chocolate in there and yeah i mean over the past couple years when people see my slogan and also see my bonbons and display and when they're always like oh they're too pretty to eat i'm so glad you have that slogan so now i feel like it's okay um i just tell people you know what like if the pandemic has taught us anything it's that life's too short and you Mm. deserve to eat beautiful delicious chocolate that's really good too and also you know um paying people fair wages and you know (laughs) good ingredients and stuff 100 percent. yeah and uh, i guess before we delve a little bit more deeper into the colorado cocoa pot yeah I'm, i'm curious with um uh, that transition from California to Denver, yeah. and sort of like going from the software engineer to, you know, starting your own business. <laughs> I mean, that is a significant change. I mean, yeah. going from a W-2 job to a contractor, first of all. Yeah. And then I feel like that's already opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like left brain, right brain, you know? <laughs> 
Did you yeah. find any sort of like similarities or differences or maybe even struggles of like, I don't know if I could do this, but you know what? People are saying that I'm good at it. I'm just going to go through with it. Yeah. So honestly, I software engineering was never a passion. It was just um, like a, a means to really good uh, degree to pay off student loans. And then <laughs> I knew I was going to find a job in that area. So that's why I did it. I don't think I was very good at it. Um, and so for me, I believe it was like God's plan to get me out to Colorado. That's where I'll meet my husband. And then I can go be the artsy, creative <laughs> person. And he can be um, the more financially stable person. To <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I've always been artistic, like had those like um, side side projects, side sure. crafts. Like my mom was super crafty. And so I think I inherited a lot of like those crafty quirks and things. And so, um, yeah, transitioning from a nine to five job working for someone else. Well, it was so I kind of I did it slowly. I was I was going down from like full time to part time as a software engineer while I was in school. And then um, while I was still in school, I eventually quit my software engineering job and I was like frosting at Nothing Bunt Cakes. Um, I worked at Linger for two months as a dessert plater. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, when I did my internship, they that, that became like my full time uh, job. And then um, they actually hired me afterwards. Uh, and so I was working for them full time, but I was working for them like up front of house i wasn't really making a thing chocolate i was helping with some flavor development and stuff like that um but it and i was mostly doing their social media so it wasn't really where i wanted to be necessarily uh so yeah like in 2019 they eventually let me go because they just weren't sustainable here in cherry creek and when you're in cherry creek just trying to sell bonbons it's not that's tough yeah, yeah it is and so um, unfortunately around that time that was like when my mom was diagnosed with cancer too. And so it was kind of just like this uh almost perfect storm of time for me to create my own business. Um like I remember talking to Nathan, my husband, about it of like, well, I, I want to be able to travel back and see my mom whenever I can. I need that flexibility. Um will we be okay? <laughs> I just so we only have like one income Um, and you know what he was just so supportive he was like you know you you need to make sure you can see your mom your family and you've had creative differences with like the previous chocolate people anyways and Mm. like you have so much more like if you start your own business you'll have so much more creativity and like um say because obviously you do everything (laughs) so 2019 March um I started Colorado Cocoa Pot I remember starting my Instagram I was kind of doing some chocolate designing on the side when I was still working for the other chocolate place and so that's where I started posting pictures and the name Colorado Cocoa Pod comes from so my husband and I went to Lululemon (laughs) and they had one of those little pod trailers inside their store and i just thought it was the cutest thing and i was like what if i like went around and sold chocolate out of a little cocoa pod trailer um that was my goal initially that didn't happen because i learned my card 
does it support one of those? <laughs> and then, uh, so who knows, maybe in the future. But uh, that's where the Colorado Cocoa Pod originally came from. Because yeah. I'm like, all right, we're based in Colorado. I love Colorado. And like, it would be so cool to just have this little Cocoa Pod trailer. Yeah. And I noticed on your box itself, it's yes. like capital C, capital O. Yes. Then the other part of Cocoa. Cocoa. Yeah. <laughs> wait, right? Yeah. You're like Colorado Cocoa Pod. Oh, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I wanted to incorporate Colorado since I mean this is where all my chocolate journey started um mm-hmm. and I I mean I feel like my logo wasn't super creative I think <laughs> I was just on like Photoshop one day and I was like ah this works it's simple like I can't design anything else yes but, yeah that's so, how that came going back to um you know your time at Linger mm-hmm. I'm curious because I I know a couple people that have been on the podcast that mm-hmm. worked at Linger pre- uh, previously, but I don't know. It's a long shot. Mark, um, Chef Mark, he has his own uh, personal chef business. Mm. Um, yeah, from Zest and Savor. Not sure if that any, rings any bells. Or Sean Oblizalo from Linger. Okay. I just thought <laughs> I'd throw it out there. Yeah, but, so like one of them is a personal chef. Um, and the other one, Sean, he is a, um, what do you call it? Oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. <laughs> He goes out and does like engagement photos, but what would he go? Oh, eloping, eloping oh, okay. photos, you know, like cool. out yeah. in the wilderness, wow. <laughs> like San, San Juan Mountains and things like that. So I don't know, long shot with the whole linger situation, but I was more curious. Yeah, I was there for only like two months and okay. it was like I was doing pastry plating. So I would come in like in the evening and um, that was... <laughs> It was a struggle because I my schedule just never met, like, was the same with my husband. So he, I'd be, like, coming to bed when he was already sleeping and yeah. he'd, like, wake up and I he'd be gone when I had to leave. So, yeah, I mean, it was also, because it was dessert, it was always the last station to close. <laughs> and so I would, like, get off at, like, 1 a.m. or something. Like, I, one of my coworkers is really cool. Like, she was really sweet. Um, and I would, like, help her with, like, the appetizer plating and stuff. But... Um, I realized, yeah, a restaurant, like those hours are brutal. Like if I, I mean, I give props to those who can do it. Um, I am not one of them. It's not for everyone. <laughs> it is not. It is not. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was kind of a, just a little hard to wrap my head around too, coming from like a software engineering job to like, I did work um, throughout college as a server and stuff, which I think everyone should do is be in like the service industry because you get an appreciation for the people who are are doing that job. Um, So yeah, like just going from a software engineering career to like being in like the kitchen was just a very, it was, it was a lot. (laughs) It was like a complete 180. So I think that's why I'm most fascinated about that. The the whole world changes. And uh, like me personally too, like going from a W2 to like, I'm a real estate agent right Mm -hmm. now. And it's tough for me to like, just still wrap my head around that, you know, I, I, the biggest thing is, let's say someone sees Starbucks as a brand, mm-hmm. right? You see the Sirens logo and you're like, okay, great. I'm going to get a caramel macchiato, two pumps, whatever, right? Um, for me as a brand, like I'm technically the CEO, the admin, the yeah. everything, right? Yep. And you as a small business owner can totally relate to that. Yeah. I am the dishwasher, the packer, the label <laughs> maker, the chocolate maker, the chocolatier. Sorry, not chocolate maker. I do not make my own chocolate. <laughs> I have to clarify that. The chocolatier. Um yeah, I do everything. Yeah. So. Sorry to go on another tangent. Yeah, of course. But 
Um, going back to, um, you know, wanting to spend more time with your mom, mm-hmm. th- that is, that was another thing that I've started, that I'm starting to realize too, as I'm getting older is that the generation in front of us, um, is getting to that age where like, you know, when, when you're with a newborn, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's always awesome to have that, like that time spent with them, you know, to develop their brain, like, Hey, we're family, yeah. friends, things <laughs> like that. But as Equally, I think we should treat that same respect to as they exit life, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what stage they're in. But it's it's always nice to know that you've made an impact with your loved one's life, even at the end of their lifetime, you know? Yeah, and- yeah. With my mom, it was like super unexpected. Um, Like we were supposed to go to China together and then she all of a sudden um yeah, I wasn't feeling great and went to her doctor and one thing, one Tesla to another and turned out she had oh um, like three stage three slash stage four ovarian cancer. And so, yeah, we it was a shock. We didn't know what was going to happen. And so I would go back every month or so just to like hang out, like sure. take help my dad because he became her caretaker. And that's hard too. like you don't realize how much of like stress and anxiety and just weight um, happens like when you have to become a caretaker for or like to see your parents too. like get older like you when you're away like I am because my parents are in California um, like you don't realize they're getting older too um, when you're getting older so yeah, I'm I'm so glad I was able to like go back and spend that time with her. Awesome. Um and yeah, just knowing that I was I was there, I was as present as I could be. Um and she was so proud of me too, like with my chocolates. Yes. It was, I it was crazy cuz my parents like they were never like the typical super strict Asian parents. Um but they wanted me to do well in life. They wanted me to succeed. Um, but I think I remember like when my parents, my dad texted me once and after I had started my Instagram and stuff, he was like looking at my photos. <laughs> he was he was like, oh, my gosh, call me right now. And I thought something was wrong. And he was like, your pictures look so good. Your chocolate. Your, he calls it my, your candy. <laughs> it's like your candy looks so good. And he at first, um, because my husband likes to, do more professional photography okay. um he was like does nathan did, did nathan take all your photos for you and i was like no dad that's me <laughs> on my phone he's like what he was so surprised because he used to be a professional photographer too and so yeah to hear that from my dad and then my mom was just always so proud and just like talking to all her friends and everything and um that's about awesome. my chocolates and how like artsy they are um it was just like it was amazing, like just to hear that from my parents. Oh like, my god! So, that, so. I felt like you just said, "I'm you're proud of me right there." <laughs> like that feels so good. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. and so yeah, that's nice that you know, yeah. having that parents' approval, uh, no matter what it is. Yeah, especially when they sort of give that stamp of approval with the direction you want to go. Yeah, you know? not the direction that they want you to go. Right. You know? So that's freaking awesome yeah and i mean um i was totally scared to start my own business um and so i definitely credit nathan to being like no it's okay i like you can you can do this like as you know have a plan though like let's make sure we're um this is is something that's sustainable and so i don't think i would have been able to do it without him because i'm just a very cautious person Mm -hmm. and so taking risks was not 
uh, something I usually do, which um, is kind of surprising since I just randomly picked up and moved to Colorado. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think also with the pandemic too, that also just made me realize like life's too short. Yeah. You just got to do it. And I realized this is something that I am really good at mm. and it's something that I love doing. And so I think that's made it a lot easier to be able to do this all the time, every day. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah the whole support group, no matter whether it's your husband, your partner, your dogs, even. Yeah. I mean, my friends, uh, family, everyone's other vendors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love it. I can't even imagine like having to go through COVID, especially mm-hmm. that whole situation. And it's funny, like how many guests I have on the podcast and a lot of these businesses started just after COVID. Yeah. <laughs> April, May or something like that. When it started back in March, they lose their serving job or their bartending job. And they're like, you know what? It's time to make my side hustle, my main hustle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I started in 2019. Yeah. Though. It was just like before. Um, but I do remember like, so 2019, I think I might have gone back to frosting. I Like it's kind of a haze of what I was doing <laughs> um, because I did keep my friends at like nothing but cakes and stuff and she was like hey if you ever want to come back and like frost you're welcome to do whatever days or whatever you want so I was like okay cool so I think I was doing a lot of like recipe development and frosting and just selling chocolates to friends that first year and then yeah in 2020 I was like okay this is the year this is the year I'm gonna like just do chocolate and of course in the pandemic hit and I was like whoa (laughs) um I guess not so uh yeah I actually worked for um a bakery third culture bakery when they were out here in 2020 when the pandemic hit I was like okay I'm gonna support all my like friends who have I've got a I made a lot of chocolate friends (laughs) through Instagram which is amazing so I was like, I'm going to support all these people who have brick and mortar, like, because who knows how long this is going to last. Yeah. Like, So I paused Colorado Cocoa Pod for like that beginning of 2020. And then I was working at their culture bakery and I was still kind of doing chocolate on the side. Um, but the bakery took up a lot of my time. And um, yeah, I think it was like October 2020. Like my mom really wasn't doing well then. And so I was like, you know what? This job is not, I don't want to do this. Like I wanted to make chocolate. Um, yeah. And so I eventually. And it's hard. Sorry. It's a little hard to um, leave that. Yeah. Know, especially when you're trying to help the business. But mm-hmm. like at the same time, like you have your own life as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was supposed to be like part time. It felt a little more than that. And I was like, I'm not really chocolate so um like yeah we parted ways it was fine um and yeah i was able to spend the last few months with my mom and then came back made a whole bunch of chocolate and then yeah 2021 i was like all right no more side jobs this this side hustle the making bonbons is my main career there you go now and so yeah that was 2021 yeah i mean so full (laughs) steam ahead in 2021 yeah yeah at what point were you like okay the pandemic's a little dying down a little bit more now um now i can really focus on the chocolates and just go out and to these markets and vendors and stuff yeah i think it was pretty much end of 2020 my first market i did was half penny brewing down off of arapaho and centennial area um I'd come back, I think, for like a week. And then my friend was like, hey, there's, they're like, they want some vendors. Like, they're going to do this little winter market. If we were making chocolate, you should totally reach out. And it's free. And so I was like, okay, let's do this. And 
Um, it was great because I like started a partnership with them. Um, they let me come do pairings with them like every awesome. month, which was amazing. And they were just like super supportive. They're like, hey, if you just need a place to do a pop up, you can do it here. Um, Hell yeah. Month. So, yeah, it was awesome. And I mean, I don't know if to me the pandemic has died down or not. I'm still just kind of weary. But at the same time, I'm like, OK, well, I'm comfortable, you know, going out, sure. being masked up and selling chocolates and so yeah 2021 was pretty much trying to figure out which markets were my vibe which markets um did people go to who would buy my chocolate um, <laughs> one that's not your cheap chocolate i'm not gonna lie um it, but it makes like great gifts and so yep. like finding those markets that were very gift oriented oh. or like especially ones during the holidays um i did find a few in the summer which I learned how to do summer markets with chocolate. <laughs> that was a struggle. So I I made displays that didn't melt. Um, learned how to, yeah, pack um, my chocolate in like mailers with ice packs so things didn't melt when people took stuff home. Are you mailing them still within Colorado? Okay. Yeah. Because with the Cottage Act, right? Is yes. that the thing? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm still learning about the whole like, you know, small business thing and um, you can only stay within the state and all that good stuff. So that's uh, all new to me. So what what was that process like? Uh, Let's say like even just making the chocolate. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got to temper the chocolate, make sure that the board itself is at at the perfect temperature. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, there's imperfections along the way, too. Yeah. So what was sort of your biggest struggle with perfecting that chocolate that you enjoyed and then maybe as you expanded, like, okay, now do you guys like it? Yeah. What was that struggle like? So I started in my kitchen upstairs, and I was only making a few molds at a time, and now I have my lab, which that was a pandemic project. We dug out crawl spaces and turned it into a chocolate lab. Oh, yeah. That was May of 2021 was when I officially, like, moved in and started making bonbons down here. Um, I make a lot more. It takes like I used to make them like the round all in one day where you do the painting, the shelling, the filling, capping all in the same day because that's how I learned at the chocolate shop that I interned at. Um, but like I I think in 2020 and also 2021, I did a lot more experimenting with trying to figure out which rhythm worked best for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there are some ways that other chocolatiers do it where they split it up. And this is what I've learned fits best for me as well. And so I can also make a lot more. Um, so I split it up into like four days. I'll paint all my molds one day, making sure all my colors are tempered and and things. And then the next day we'll be shelling. So tempering the chocolate. Um, and then, yeah, once all those are shelled, I do the fun little check of making sure that a couple will pop out of every mold. Um <laughs> And taking photos and things like that. The third day is doing the fillings. And then I let the fillings sit out overnight just to crystallize. And so that when I cap, they're not like runny or yeah. too wet or anything. Interesting huh. how yeah. you're telling me this whole process. Because initially, like, I thought it was the other way around. Where you have the filling ready. Mm. Then you sort of pour the chocolate over that. Then you make the design or uh, the mold outside like- of that. But obviously, you have your own set of ways. And mm-hmm. what's why did you decide to do it that way? I mean, obviously... There's probably other chocolatiers that do it that way. So you're like, okay, I'm 
this is a tried and true method. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going that way. But why would that not work? Like doing the filling first and then wrapping the chocolate around that, you know? Yeah. I use molds. Um, and so you paint that. And when you pour the chocolate to do the shell, that's what retracts and pulls the color off. Um, lots of chocolatiers do the same method that I do. Um, so they'll paint, shell, fill. And then cap. Uh, I guess if you're doing more of like the traditional truffle, you'll be making the fillings first, kind of rolling them in chocolate. Um, I guess you can decorate them with like luster dust or like splatter colors in too. That's more of like the traditional truffle way. Uh Um, But yeah, for molded bonbons, you'll definitely be doing like painting and shelling then filling. Yeah, because it makes more sense that way when you really want to have the integrity of the art itself. Mm -hmm. And the shiny shell. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And why did you decide to do it like a more a finer chocolate, if you will, um, as opposed to, let's say, a chocolate bar or like um, something that's a little bit more commercialized? You decided to go a more a path more handpicked or hand Yeah. So I love chocolate. Um, (laughs) It's a good thing. Yeah. And I love really good chocolate. And so I, I think I just started with the molded bonbon because that's what I was making at the old chocolate shop. Um, It was the combination of being able to design the outside and then make the filling taste amazing. But I did learn a lot from working there that it's hard to be sustainable with just molded bonbon. Mm. Like, some people can do it. Um, there are some places, but a lot of places do have other confections like caramels or solid bars um, and things like that. And so actually, I brought, started bringing in other confections last year. Uh-huh. Um, I started doing solid bars with inclusions, just not some uh, more confections that aren't as labor intensive. Um and yeah, it started doing dragees or chocolate covered canned items like malt balls and dried fruits and stuff. So you tried it all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I haven't gotten into like uh, hand cut ganache and enrobe where it's like you make the filling. It's more firm. You cut them into like uh, the same shape and then you like hand dip them or enrobe them in chocolate. That's a, just another uh traditional chocolate that people do um i gotcha i guess that's my uh the initial understanding of how you make chocolate that's initially what i thought Mm -hmm. like that dust and of the chocolate and everything like uh lint almost like the chocolate yeah the hand rolled chocolate yeah Yeah. totally okay so there's more to that method yeah (laughs) i see what you mean with that i mean you as growing from like 2019 to 2022 as we are now Mm -hmm. There's so much learning. There's so much experience along that way. And obviously, if you were to learn it by yourself, it might have taken a longer time. But I saw um, based on your like your Instagram mm-hmm. that you had some mentors along the way, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that mentorship. Yeah. So my friends, Tina and Bruno Codina, they start. So they're chocolatiers out in California, um, Northridge area, I believe. Um, so they started a chocolate mentorship. I, um, she reached out to me and asked me if I would consider taking her program in exchange of like helping to promote it. And so I was totally down to do that. Um, I've taken a few other courses, like from Chef Jung said, he's another chocolatier out in Sweden. Um, he 
when he was first starting out with his programs to ask me if I wanted to take like his fundamentals class just and then to give him feedback and um, just to help promote since I think I had grown like my following pretty big by then. Okay. Um, and so like I was reaching a lot more chocolatiers and other um, people who were just interested in chocolate. And so, yeah, I did like Chef Zhang's class, um, the Codina mentorship, which I actually really highly recommend. Like that course, um, I was having some issues with some of my fillings and stuff. And like Tina and Bruno, they've been in the industry. They've worked for other famous chocolatiers. Like they have way more knowledge than I do. And so like just getting a different perspective, some guidance from like other people who are professionals you know like is just helpful and i won't say that i like know it all because i definitely <laughs> don't there is so much in chocolate to still learn and um i would get a lot of questions too through my dms um like if i was doing classes or if i could give um advice or whatever and uh, i had to remind people that i am a small business like <laughs> i'm not um like it's I, just you yeah yeah it's just me i don't i mean every now and then my husband will help me do dishes <laughs> um, but i wasn't um in the business of being a mentor right now at the time or at the time either and so yeah just being able to take the codina mentorship and then being able to tell people like my true thoughts and feelings on it and like recommend them like it worked out for both of us sure. they're great uh chocolatiers they make great confections um and like i love building the chocolate community um i know there's a lot more chocolatiers like who started out at home and like it might like i remember my old chocolate work they were like oh the market's getting so oversaturated but it, like you know what i think we should try building each other up yeah. and like community over competition so like there's enough room for all of us we all have our own little ways of de designing and decorating and like if we didn't have more people like with new ideas then it would get stagnant so 100 um, percent. i guess yeah staying on that same vein that whole abundance mindset rather than scarcity mm -hmm. is um really crucial especially as a small business when you're um not keeping things to yourself and giving out to the community mm -hmm. you know that way, uh, I know with like me as an agent, I'm on a team and we're filled with like dozens of other agents, you know? Yeah. I mean, with that many working together, I mean, doesn't that create that friction of like, hey, you're stealing my lead or whatever? <laughs> but at the same time, like my experience with my clients mm -hmm. can benefit your future experience, mm -hmm. you know? Let's say, you know, like a counter offer or whatever. Um, I'm speaking in real estate. Yeah. Though, but <laughs> like, I guess like the, the general overview is more like, um, it's nice to give, you know, Yeah, and it's, it's that aspect. And people, uh, understand now that, um, when you're giving to the community, they reciprocate like tenfold, you know, referrals or what have you just promoting you on social media. Yeah. And I feel like that's such an easy and free way for people to do that for you and not feel mm -hmm. obligated to like give you money, yeah. <laughs> like to buy your chocolate. They don't have to do that anymore. Just like spread the word about mm -hmm. you, you know? Yeah, it definitely helps. And I mean, there are some where like you see like your designs or whatever sometimes are being copied. Um, I prefer to I try to give uh, credit if I am inspired by someone's designs or whatever. Unfortunately, not everyone does that. So it gets like a little bit annoying in that aspect. Sure. 
Um, but at the same time, you have to remember, you're like, okay, well, um, I guess they just really liked how I did something. So <laughs> I'll just take it as a compliment. Um, even if they totally copied you, it's fine. Uh, just let it roll. But in a way, it like pushes you to create something new, yeah. do something different. And then, yeah, there's some things that I'm like, I definitely know that I came up with that. And when I see other people do it, I'm like, well, you know, I must have influenced them somehow. So you just have to like kind of like give yourself a pat on the back and like move on. Roll with the punches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not like no one's going to make bonbons exactly like I do. Yeah. Um, and I won't make bonbons exactly like someone else does. And so you find your customers, you find your loyal customers and you're not going to please everybody. Right. And so that's just like something I have to like remind myself too, because social media is that double edged sword. Like you, um, feel like you're not keeping up or everyone feels more successful than you um, and it's hard and so yeah I've created like made a lot of really good connections and friendships with other chocolatiers and we just kind of have to like we chat, chat to each other like the absurdities that we see the ridiculousness <laughs> and we're just like you know what it's fine um, but at the same time we're like encouraging each other like you know what it's okay like it's okay that you're feeling stressed you should take a break you mm -hmm. know and just trying to promote that mental health aspect and like promote community over competition and yeah like I've met a lot of people here in Colorado too who like small businesses and they don't do exactly what I do but like just hearing their stories is pretty awesome and like being able to like promote each other on social media so like you never know who's like looking at other people's sites like and yeah. it doesn't really matter how many people are following you. Um, it's the quality of people. One hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I just had this conversation not too long ago where there's some brands or businesses out there that might have, let's say, 1000 followers. Mm -hmm. Right. But then there's other local businesses that have like 50,000, you know, yeah. venues or whatever. But what I've noticed is that the businesses that just have the 1,000 is an organic following mm -hmm. that are diehard fans. Yeah. You know, and they'll buy your merch. They'll go to yeah. an event. And it's such a, um, in my opinion, like better feeling than it just is. like, you know, like, okay, you know, I just follow you and like your pictures. Yeah. But I want that engagement. Yeah. Real life application. Yeah. And I love it, especially when I'm doing a pop up or market and people come up and they're like, oh, I've been following you on yeah. Instagram for so long. And I finally am <laughs> able to like come try your product. And at that point, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope it meets your expectations. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's always so nice to hear, like, oh, where did you find me? from you know yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah i love it i love yeah. talking to my followers and customers and the community the chocolate community is really awesome too for sure small businesses so yeah. i guess going back to your process and yeah. i myself am not a chocolatier <laughs> <laughs> but i love chocolate yeah. and um the whole aspect of a bonbon mm -hmm. like i hear that name or the word tossed around every once in a while and I just don't know what a bonbon is, you know? Yeah, I like to say it's kind of like a truffle, um, but like the modernized molded truffle. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so to me, bonbon, it's, you know, you get that thin shell that when you bite into it, it snaps. So, you yep. know, the, the chocolate is tempered. And then the filling will be like a mixture of ganache or praline or caramel. So it's like that softer filling that your teeth sink into. Um, I... 
I know I've looked this up. Well, bon, it's in French. I don't remember if it's like small bite or something like okay. that. Um, but yeah, I'm always like, it's like a truffle because people all say, oh, I've, I have chocolate bonbons. And they're like, well, what's a bonbon? Or they'll come up to me and they're like, are these your cocoa pods? And I'm like, they're chocolate, um, <laughs> which comes from a cacao pod. Anyways, uh, yeah. So, so I guess the overarching theme is that you, you have the the hard shell, yeah, with a softer filling in them. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like a truffle, but you yeah. have the the harder shell. Is yeah. the differential? Yeah. I mean, some truffles I f- like could be like soft truffles, um, or you will find like the hand rolled truffles that do have like the harder shell too, but they're also like rolled in chocolate and and stuff. So yeah, it it's, okay. It essentially is a truffle. Yeah. Um, it was really good yeah (laughs) too i mean both are good yeah i mean honestly so uh, i guess now leading up to the point where i met you at jade mountain yeah um and it was during the time of the chinese new year yeah it was like the end of january ish (laughs) yeah Uh, february yeah yeah and i mean not your mama's cupcakes was there dead Mm. veggies i mean all these really good veggies yeah totally right and, boxed in <laughs> i mean i i can hardly remember that i was just eating their products yeah. you know and that was it's all good it's all very very good <laughs> and when i walked up to your booth um what really drew me was the art you know mm-hmm. like and i know i know that like people eat first with their eyes yes and their nose yeah. you know and you can't really smell your chocolates but you you can definitely see it yeah you know there's that <laughs> There's that aspect of like it almost it's almost whimsical for some of them, you know, it, that that purple with like a uh, uh, white paint over it, you know, it, it's almost it almost looks cosmic. Yeah. You know, and then but the the package that I bought or the box that I got was the Zodiac animal. Yes. And I found that so fascinating that even though, um, you know, I roughly know like the different animals, you know, they got the tiger, they got the ox, they got the rat and all that. Um, but I can almost tell what animal each chocolate represented. Yeah. Just in the design <laughs> of it, you know? Yeah. So you did a really good job like oh, capturing that stuff. Yeah. So what really drew that inspiration of like, let's say, if you can remember some of the flavors and everything. Yeah. Like, um, let's say like a rooster or like uh, you know, the rat, like what drew that inspiration to make that chocolate? Yeah, so I remember when I was coming up with that box, that collection, um, we had just gone to China. I was with my husband and one of his old co-workers, and we we're coming back, and I remember seeing the Zodiac everywhere. I love Fruits Basket. It's an anime about the Chinese Zodiac okay. characters, plus the cat. But um, <laughs> I was always fascinated with the Zodiac. It was so cool. And so when I was like, what can I make a collection out of that could be like my signature collection? Um and it being Chinese, I'm half Chinese. I was like, okay, I mean, like I can roll with that. And there's 12. So that makes a perfect 12 piece box. And so I remember like sitting on the plane and like designing all the flavors and I really wanted them to represent the animal. So I'm glad it like it reflected. <laughs> yeah. So like all my chocolates, I want them to reflect the filling. Uh, when you look at them, I want you to like, Ube, if you look at it, it's like it has like white and purple, blue mermaid swirls on purple. And so I don't know, I wanted to invoke Ube um, so you know what you're eating. Um, my Pondon one is green, like on the outside. And so, yeah, for the Zodiac ones, um, my initial draft, not only a couple have changed from the original. Um, but yeah, for the rat, I wanted them to be gray and like, you know, they have black eyes, a little pink nose. So it's like black and pink speckles on yeah. green can we stay on that one for yeah. a little bit because i was 
that that one uh for some reason that one drew me the most and the simplicity behind it and the irregularity of like the dot sizes mm, too mm-hmm. um it almost uh I, I guess if i were to give the audience like a visual of what it looked like it almost looked like a quartz countertop mm-hmm. you know that that sort of like that shininess every once in a while where depending on where your head is mm-hmm. you can still get that reflection uh, but at the same time, like there's something in the simplicity of something where <laughs> that's kind of what yeah. but you you you're drawn to something that is minimalist, yeah. You know? And that that rat one was what is what I really liked about it, you know. And even just biting, it. I mean, all of them were really good, <laughs> yeah. but the design of that one was over the top, you know. Yeah, I so part of it, I wanted to keep the design simple because when you're making a bunch of these, you don't want to be spending <laughs> so much time painting just the one. So, um, yeah, so the designs are all. Like I, the only ones I've changed were the rooster. When I first did that one, I was doing like a whole bunch of different colors. Like when I when I picture a rooster, I picture like the kind of green, black, and then like the red, you know, and orange, and all these other colors. So that one, that's kind of what it started out with. But then when I was thinking about the flavor i wanted to do cinnamon cayenne because Mm. my husband loves spicy okay and then of course he loves sriracha i didn't want to make a sriracha bonbon (laughs) but i was like oh sriracha red and uh, spicy so the rooster design did change to what it is now um the dog one was a little bit different when i first made that one people thought it looked like a bowling ball (laughs) because i had like little three little dots and like a little red stripe i was like you know, like, I don't know, black and white for a dog and the red collar is what sure, I was originally right. thinking. And before, I see like, that. it looks like a bowling ball. And I was like, OK, I'm changing <laughs> the dots are also too um, annoying to do. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think like I pretty much the rest of the designs, um, maybe the ram was did change. I was, that one was probably the hardest for me to try to figure out. I didn't I wanted swirls because when I picture rams with their horn, of course, like swirls. Um, but just trying to figure out the color. Um, uh, but since the flavor is sea salt, caramel, gold, I figured I would go with like a turquoise to represent like this ocean sea salt. Um, I see. So yeah, like all of them, all my bonbons tend to reflect kind of a little bit of what the flavor you're gonna get. Yes, uh, and so. Yeah, especially like you said, you eat with your eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also you want to kind of remember which ones are which. So. <laughs> yeah. And it's never too pretty to but eat. But they are never too pretty to eat. Exactly. <laughs> and you didn't only have that collection there. You also yeah. had your Valentine's Day or not Valentine's Day My collection. anti-Valentine's Day. Anti-Valentine's Day yes. collection. <laughs> what were the differences between them? Um, so the Valentine's Day one had hearts. The anti-Valentine's Day, they were not in hearts. And if you looked at the color scheme of that, it was more emo. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a lot of blacks in that one. Um, and just, I was trying to be a little sassy. And so I did like name all of them like in the valentine's day ones there was like passion for passion fruit or sweet for strawberries and cream in the anti-valentine's day one i had like bitter for (laughs) uh espresso and then i would do like salty for the sea salt caramel because you know we're all anti-valentine's day in that box so (laughs) yeah it was it was fun to do a little bit of play on words and then play on flavors yeah like that and you didn't only have collections there but you also had your little bags of chocolates yes (laughs) and those aren't like bonbons but they're like 
the chocolate covered um, malt balls and then I do chocolate covered dried fruits. So um, there's a technique called panning, which is kind of like a rock tumbler. That, I mean, you can see my panning machine right okay. here, but it, um, it's just, yeah, it, it rolls around the centers and then you just coat it with chocolate slowly. Um, and so I didn't think I was ever going to start doing these, but I needed more confections that weren't as labor intensive. Yeah. So, um, just some treats that were more, that were easier to eat, that you could like eat all the time. Um, when you, like, if you didn't want to like spit yeah, necessarily. Like, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Cause sometimes with your boxes, I'm looking at your boxes right yeah. now. Those like, you know, they're really cool, like eye, eye attracting, right? Um, but let's say birthdays or anniversary yeah. gifts or something like that. I'm thinking of you like your your boxes, your collections are perfect for that. Mm -hmm. But for something for like snacking, you know, like lunchtime, you just need something to like in between meals chocolate, or something. Yeah. yeah, get that fix in. So I think it's perfect for that, you know? Yeah. So I started I brought I started doing that last year. And actually to go back to like classes and stuff, I I like doing a lot of giveaways online for chocolate giveaways um, or entering them. And so there was this one put on by Jaja Land, um, this a guy in Russia who do, who's, does a lot of panning and stuff. And he was giving away the panning attachment to a few different people. And so I entered that as many times as I possibly could. <laughs> um, I did end up winning one, which was fantastic. Um, the only thing was they didn't, they were having some supply issues with the actual panning attachment. So they were like, well, we could give you like the money for it to buy one or you can take one of our classes. And I was like, I want to take one of your classes. Like yeah. that class is like way more expensive than <laughs> the panning attachment. And like, it was like, you can have it lifetime and just ask questions. And so I got all these recipes. And so it was really good, great because I ended up finding the panning attachment and I got it. And when I got it, I just got really overwhelmed. It was just like this feeling of like, oh, can I do this? Like, I've never <laughs> done this before. Like, am I going to do it correctly? Like, I don't know. So, like, being able to, like, take those the watch the class was really awesome. And then, like, once I started panning, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is addicting. <laughs> it's not it, It's not as labor-intensive as bonbons. You don't necessarily have to temper your chocolate, but you do have to, like, watch it all the time, and I can only make so much. Um, but, yeah, like malt balls like making so many different types of malt balls is so much fun um <laughs> like just coming up with like flavors that you don't normally try with malt balls um i just did one that was a raspberry with black sesame and that one is so good <laughs> yeah so good so i've got like yuzu and i I did like yuzu lemon chocolate covered blueberries, which has been really popular. Um, yeah, I noticed that yeah. they decided to uh, implement a lot of the flavors or fruits that are not of typical Amer American culture, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. yuzu, the ube, and you just implement that into your chocolate as yeah. well. So it's a really cool aspect when people just sort of like, they love the chocolate aspect, but kind of want to venture out a little. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Back to my Zodiac box. Like, I wanted that box to bring in more Asian flavors, um, but it also does have, like, the traditional flavors, too. So you sure. should get, like, cookies and cream. But at the same time, you'll get matcha raspberry or you'll get milk tea. And so that was another thing when I started or my own business. I wanted to make chocolates that were not too sweet. Because my palate and a lot of Asian palates don't like super sweet <laughs> desserts. Um, and I wanted to make chocolate with the Asian flavors that were really good. Um, I've had 
so many matcha bonbons from other people and they were just very disappointing unfortunately like the flavor was just not there um i've had bonbons that were over like too overpowering like lavender where you feel like you're eating soap (laughs) so just finding that balance making wanting to do bring in a lot more asian flavors um like i know a lot more chocolatiers now a lot of them actually are asian women who used to be engineers (laughs) it's a funny little niche (laughs) um but yeah like there are a lot more asian flavors that are coming into the chocolate scene which is great um it just pushes me to look for the other flavors that are aren't as seen and like aren't becoming mainstream and putting them into chocolate so So interesting there's still so much to learn about chocolate Mm -hmm. i mean it is and i'm really fascinated about the science behind it where like the the melting point of chocolate, mm-hmm. how that differs with like the actual um, like composition of the chocolate, mm-hmm. whether it, uh, I don't know if you put salt in there or not, or like, I mean, that's a whole different. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Chocolate making is a whole different animal that I <laughs> not. I don't think I will get into. I won't say for sure that I will. Uh, right now I use Valrona chocolate. Um, I just use it because it's like, I know it's fair trade. I know that it's going to be consistent. I know the quality is amazing. Um, And there's so many different uh, variations of like dark chocolates, the caramelized chocolates, white. Um, So yeah, that flavor profile and balancing out um, with different Asian flavors is all like a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. With the... um... Uh, I lost my... Oh, yeah. The chocolate that you use. Mm-hmm. Who was that again? V- Valrona. Valrona. Yes. Okay. They are a French company. Um, a lot. I started off using um, Cacao Berry and Calibo uh, because that's what I used in school. They they make really good chocolates, too. Um, they it, The price point is a little lower than Valrona. Um, and so last year, I believe, is when I like fully transferred over to Valrona. Um, I guess I, well, almost fully transferred. Like I start, I only buy Valrona, but I still have a few bags of cacao berry or calibo that I had won from a contest. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, just trying to use it up. Um, but yeah, like knowing that they are paying their farmers, um, fair wages and they don't have any child slave labor in any of their processes. You want just, to support that. Yeah. And like. I mean, yes, the price is probably two, three, maybe even four times more than the previous chocolate I was using. Um, but the I know I remember doing like research and reading that Barry Calibo, their parent company, they were like, by 2025, we're going to have no child, no slave labor or child slave labor in our in our process. And it's like, OK, well, it's already 2020 <laughs> or 2021. Like, uh, Valrona's already doing this. So. We'll allow it for four more years. Yeah. Like, OK, guys. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I made the switch and I haven't looked back. It's an amazing chocolate. It's awesome. an amazing company. And so I, I like all their chocolates. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome, Leanne. Yeah. I mean, I, I just want to stress to the audience that your your chocolate is not only good, but it looks very attractive. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, the the box that I got, the collections that you have, have been like, you have seasonal changes as mm-hmm. you go on. Are you going to come back with the Zodiac maybe next year? or? Yeah, so I actually have my Zodiac year-round. Okay. Um, I That's my signature box. I will say if I don't have it, it's probably because I ran out and I am just <laughs> Um But I should have a year-round. I... 
I'm doing more seasonal collections. So right now, this week, I'm doing a St. Patrick's Day collection or a green box, I should say. Um, I will also have like a little four-leaf clover box. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then after that, it's spring. So and through Mother's Day, I'll probably have my spring collection. So that'll be 12 more flavors. Awesome. Uh, yeah, like I love changing flavors i mean just there's so many uh, it's hard to just pick one which is like my zodiac one was like the hardest to actually <laughs> narrow it down to just 12 flavors um but yeah like i think changing with the seasons um people enjoy have like i had one customer review she was like it's like you gotta collect them all and try them all <laughs> so um that's always nice and i i bring back flavors like from previous years too and then it also gives me a chance to experiment with new flavors and figure out a new combination that means you guys just got to try out cocoa pods way more often yes yes try all the cocoa pods <laughs> something is new yeah. just around the corner well thank you so much for your time Leanne. Yeah. before i let you go i want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you yeah. Uh, what's the best way to reach out to you or maybe your website and things like that? Yeah. So email uh, coloradococopod at gmail.com or you can visit my website uh, Um There's a contact page. Uh, Instagram, I'm on there, coloradococopod. Uh, so yeah, any of those, I'm on there. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Leanne. You're I mean, especially being in the place where all the magic happens. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Thanks. thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Nice. What a story. Honestly, going from software engineer to chocolatier. I mean, that, did she do that on purpose? That kind of rhymes. Software engineer to chocolatier. <laughs> Um, she has a spring collection coming up on March 22nd. So march, mark your calendars, not march your calendars, and follow Colorado Cocoa Pods to keep up to date on the releases and outdoor vending shops. Now that spring is coming, woo! So contacts are mentioned in the show notes. You gotta check out all of them. Uh, so many exciting things in this ever-evolving business of chocolates. And Leanne and Colorado Cocoa Pod are a force to be reckoned with. So I'll leave you all with the single that was introduced at the beginning of the episode, Mirror Mirror by the Mananas. Thanks. And as always, shop local, support local, Big Locals Podcast. See ya!